This message was recorded live at the Life Church UK building. We hope that you are truly blessed and encouraged by today's message. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Now I've started this little series, Come Boldly is the title of it. And today I think it's the fourth one, Come Boldly. If you look, read, for example, the book of Hebrews, especially chapter 10, then he talks to the saints to come boldly into the Holy of Holies without anything inside of you making you feel you're not welcome and how important that is. But today I want to go back to where I was speaking shortly last week is to come boldly for the sinner. And you can be a saint and fall into sin. And then you need to know, come home, come back. David said in the Psalms, when I realized the wrong direction in which I was headed, I came running back to you. There's a difference between you making a mistake and stumbling to you choosing it as a lifestyle. And you may say, yeah, but pastor, what if I make a mistake 10 times a day? 10 times a day, keep coming back. You say, is that the Christian life, falling and rising? It can be for a season until you learn how to walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. Until you learn how to live by the power that will never fail to be sufficient to keep you standing. Keep you standing in the evil day and to be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. <laughs> but let's look at this right here and we see one of the greats. Because you see, it's amazing how sometimes people can be tolerant over certain people, but not over others. And, and I don't believe in that. I believe God's mercy is for everybody. I believe God's forgiveness is for everybody. Because they might be great, but they're still human beings. And Jesus died for people. And so I want you to see the compassion of our Savior that gives this boldness for sinners to come. What is the boldness? That his arms are open wide. Where he is sending the signal, don't be afraid. Come unto me and I will be merciful to you. And I will forgive your sins. And I will wash away your transgressions. And I will restore you and I will heal you. But you got to come. He keeps calling and keeps drawing, but you got to come. <laughs> but the Lord needs you and me. He needs you and me to help people come. So those are the two things I want to talk about. Luke chapter 22, here's one of the greats. Peter, who walked on water with Jesus. Peter, who saw the miracles, who was right there with Jesus for three plus years. He walked with Jesus on water. He was with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration and saw him transfigured, and saw his face shining like the light. You see, some people think if I get more revelation, then I'll have more power to stand. No, what keeps you standing is that unfailing, loving mercy of Jesus. No matter how gifted you are, no matter how anointed you are, no matter how powerful you are, as long as you're still in this body, there is no ground to stand that cannot fail but the Jesus Christ alone. He is the rock of ages that never fails. 
And it's important to realize that because some people think when they get more anointed or more gifted, they will be more powerful to stand. No, friends. What makes you powerful to stand is Jesus and him alone. Peter, come on now, who could boast in anything? He walked on water. He was there in the miracles. He saw the, the multiplication of the, of the loaves. He was there on the Mount of Transfiguration, but he stumbled. Oh, and painfully so. I mean, Jesus said, Peter, the devil's after you. <clears throat> He's after you. And he wants your faith to fail. But I've been praying for you that your faith will not fail and that you'll stay faithful to me, that you'll come back to me, that you'll come, come. That is unfailing faith, that you keep coming. You keep coming. If you're a little child, listen now, let's be fair here. If your little child falls 10 times, would you say, okay, that's it now. No, that's my limit, goodbye. No, how stupid are thinking. You'd raise that child back up and you say, well, I'm going to believe you're going to learn how to walk without falling. Folks, when I was young, I had legs like this. And if I'd run, my knees would hit each other and I would fall. <laughs> it was quite a sight. It looked so handsome with those legs. <laughs> yeah, at least that was my confession. But I would keep falling and keep falling. But I don't fall anymore because I kept walking and kept getting up and kept getting up. And I believe in a Savior that will help you back up again. And so Jesus is saying, Peter, Peter, I've been praying for you that you keep coming back to me. And Peter, he had no ears to hear. He was not paying attention to it. He didn't think he needed that kind of cautioning. He didn't think he needed that kind of support from Jesus. He, you don't know me, Jesus. I've walked on water with you. I've seen you on the Mount of Transfiguration. Don't worry about me. You see, self-confidence belongs in the heart of a fool, the Bible says. But childlike faith belongs in the heart of those who will rise again and keep coming. Childlike faith. And here Jesus tried so hard and said, come on, Peter, let's go pray. You need prayer because you're weak in your natural nature. Even though you feel the spirit, you're still human. So come on, pray. What's Jesus doing? Listen, is what we all need to do. He's trying to help Peter not fail. He's trying to help people, Peter's faith to stay, right? And folks, that journey to help people's faith not to fail can be a rough journey, as Jesus with Peter. Can be quite a rough journey. I will never forget, I was sitting somewhere next to a mother who I've known uh, for 36 years, and her son was dressing like a woman, and you name it, you know, and he does not look anything like a woman. <laughs> to say the least. He's extremely hairy and has long hair and, you know, I mean, if anybody doesn't look like a woman, he doesn't. But he, he got mixed up and he's dressing like a woman. And it was as bad as can be, the situation. And destroying his marriage and everything. I'll never forget sitting next to that mother and all of a sudden I heard the love of Jesus coming out of her heart for that desperate soul and I began to weep and say, may I have that kind of love in my heart for people. Because despite that her son was in such a desperate place, her faith was in Jesus and he came out of it. And he came out of it. 
My, did he fight for that precious soul. And how the Lord needs us. Because Jesus was fighting for Peter and fighting. And, and, he, and Peter said, no, I'll never. And, he, and Jesus said, Peter, before the cockers crow tomorrow morning, you were three times denied that what? Denied what? You know me. You see, Jesus can sympathize with our weaknesses because he's tempted like us in every way. It says, because he himself in his humanity suffered being tempted, tested and tried, he's able immediately to run to the cry and assist and relieve those who are being tempted and tested and tried and who are therefore exposed to suffering. Jesus was being tempted with what? If you're the son of God, if you're the son of God. That was the great temptation with which everything came against him, to try to disprove that he was who God says he was. But Jesus would not deny himself because he would deny God if he did. <laughs> and he would not deny. He would not deny. I am the Son of God. May we all have that faith of the Son of God in each and every one of our hearts. Can I hear an amen? amen. But Peter was being tempted with a similar temptation. Oh, you're one of them. You're one of them. Three times and three times he said, I don't know him. I don't know him. See, he's denying I know him. That is where sin tries to find its way into our hearts, to deny Jesus. That's where we need to keep sin out of our hearts by saying, Jesus is my God, my Savior, my Lord. Jesus, the Son of God, is my Lord. Say it, Jesus, the Son of God, is my Lord. Say it, Jesus, the Son of God, is my Lord. But the devil was pushing him to deny it. <laughs> While Jesus was being beaten and mocked while that was happening. And then, whew, the cock crowed. The cock crowed. And the devil will say to you, yeah, you blew it. You didn't listen. You didn't pray. See? He tried to warn you, but you didn't listen. You didn't pray. It's over now. It's over now. I can guarantee that voice never comes from Jesus. It comes from the devil. <laughs> but how persuasive can that be? How persuasive? You might as well forget it all. You might as well walk off. You've blown it. You've denied it here. You've denied it there. You've denied it here. You could have shoot it. Oh, you wish you would have, but you didn't. See, that's the voice of Satan. And he wants you to believe him rather than believe God. But I want you to see when the cock crowed, the Lord turned and looked at Peter while he was being beaten and mocked. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. David says in Psalm 32, I say that every believer should confess their sins to God when he is aware of them while there is yet 
time to be forgiven. While there's yet time to be forgiven. You see, this is Peter coming boldly. <laughs> Him weeping bitterly. He was weeping in repentance. And I am so grateful that when Jesus looked at him, it was an invitation. Peter, come on back. Come on. And he came weeping. Some people have never tasted that depth of crying out to the Lord. And it is an important thing to experience in your life. I've experienced it quite a few times. Quite a few times. Where my heart got so overwhelmed with my failure. So struck with my failure. And we don't always realize that that is the mercy of God. Pricking you unto repentance. Waking you up out of your indifference and idleness. And out of your delusion that you don't believe. Which is the lie of the devil. The lie of the devil is you don't believe. But the love of God says... I'll give you faith through my son. Just come. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. That is the love of God. To keep drawing us. To come. And wow. What a, what a place to be. When you finally hit that breaking point And you cry out and say. Lord if I don't have you. I have nothing. I have nobody. If I don't have you. Oh folks. That's one of the best places to get to in your life. And it's one of the best places to live when you have nothing but God as the way you can go. And that is him drawing you to yourself, to himself boldly. <laughs> he gives that kind of cry in the heart of people. People that are atheistic don't want to cry like that. They hate that kind of cry. But the Bible says that we have a high priest who is unable, who is not unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liabilities to the assaults of temptation, but who have been tempted in every respect as we, yet without sinning. So let us then fearlessly, confidently, boldly draw near to his throne of grace, that throne of God's unmerited favor towards us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time. <clears throat> I believe in this with all my heart. The Apostle Paul, at the end of his life, friends, at the end of his life was standing before Agrippa, and he had to give an account of what he believed, right? And this is what he said. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And I was the chief or the worst of them all. However, for this reason, I've obtained mercy that in me, Jesus Christ might show all long sufferance as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. He's using me as an example of what he could do for the worst sinner. And and I want to close with these two scriptures with you. The first one is Hebrews 3. And the other one is James 5. You see, if you read the book of Hebrews, there's only 13 little chapters, but they are phenomenal. And in chapter 3, 
he talks about the faithfulness of Jesus Christ and likens it to the faithfulness of Moses, who was faithful to carry the people to the promised land and put up with all their complaining and put up with all their disputes and all their stuff. And he was faithful to not give up on them, but carry them in his bosom right to the promised land. And then it shows the faithfulness of Jesus, right? And then he says in verse 15 here, in verse uh, 13, he says, uh, no, let's do verse 12. Beware, beware then, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Do not be hardened in that spirit of unbelief that makes you pull away from God. No, do what Peter did. He cried out bitterly <coughs> to the Lord. And you know he went the right direction because when the women came and said, the stone has rolled away and we didn't see him, Peter run with all of his might to the grave. And the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 says that the first person Jesus revealed himself to was Peter. Says it. You read it. 1 Corinthians 15. The first person Jesus revealed himself to after his resurrection was Peter. I know that kind of Jesus because he revealed himself to me and he still does every day and he says to all who love me I will reveal myself if your heart goes out to him by the love of God and you keep coming to him he will reveal himself to you in an amazing way in a wonderful way but he says exhort one another Jesus was exhorting Peter Peter, Peter, I've been praying for you, okay? I know your faith is going to come through. I know you and I, we have a future together. Come on, Peter, right? He's, he's encouraging him. Peter, 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 now I know the enemy, and I know you're going to make a terrible mistake, but after you've returned. Come on, that's giving hope. Right? That's giving hope in a hopeless situation. How many of you would like to know, I know I've got this problem, but I'm going to recover because the Lord says, after I recover, I will do this and this and this. So I'm looking forward to recovering. I know I'm going to recover. That's what the Lord was saying to Peter. So he was exhorting Peter to not allow the deceitfulness of sin to harden his heart in unbelief. Folks, sometimes people are right on the edge of going off the edge into evil because of unbelief. But the Lord keeps fighting. And we need to be the people that the Lord can use to fight for precious, precious souls and know how to speak a word in season to those that are weary, to those who say, I, I don't see it anymore. I, I used to, but I, well, I don't know if anymore. I, I, can't even, I can't even say I used to. And, you know, people can be in such a place that they deny even what they knew was true. Really? The Lord needs us. The Bible says in the last days there will come a falling away. If ever there's a time 
We need Jesus to use us to help people not to fall away. Not to fall away. You know, and it can be so simple. Virginia and I were walking through Sainsbury some years ago and I was filling up the trolley. No, she was filling up the trolley. And I was praying, help me, Lord. And no, <laughs> no, I'm being silly. But, you know, we're just talking. We're being good friends. If you want to be friends with your spouse, do things together. You know, you don't want to be friends, don't do things together. But you've got to make time for each other. <laughs> so we're just having a good time talking and fellowship. And all of a sudden, I feel, I feel that pulling of Jesus in my heart. I said, oh, darling, the Lord needs me. I'll be back in a minute. She took over the trolley and I'm walking. I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm looking, and there I see a lady standing there. And I feel that same pulling of Jesus' love. And I walk up to her and I said, I feel God's love coming out to you. And she begins to weep and she says, my husband just left me. And I'm standing here praying, Lord, help me. I said, well, he heard your prayer, so be encouraged. And that was a simple little bitty word in season to those who are weary, to help their faith not to fail. Do you see what I'm saying? And how God needs us to become skilled at this so we don't say something stupid at the, at the right time, but we say the right thing, right? It really is important that we learn this. So listen to this in closing. When somebody comes to you, right, and confesses to you, like it says here, confess your trespasses to one another. What should I do, pastor? Pray, it says, for one another, that you may be healed for the effect of fervent prayer of the righteous avail much. We have power to really stand in the gap for people. I know sometimes, folks, all I can do for people is to pray for them. But listen, in closing, brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sin. I still find this one of the highest privileges in ministry. And I have tasted many graces and gifts in my 43 years of preaching. And some of them were amazing. But I can look back, I was in Ethiopia and the Lord had me pray and they had a drought and the rain came and all of that. And you would say, wow, that's powerful. Well, it wasn't me, it was the Lord. But that is nothing compared to turning somebody from the wrong direction back to God. Oh, the joy of heaven when one sinner repents. And this is what we're all called to. Not as busybodies, but as people who stand in the gap in prayer and faith and love and stand open with that spirit of Jesus that looked at Peter. Oh, I know that look because he's looked at me that way. That look of, I love you, Peter. I believe in you, Peter. I'm for you, Peter. I'm here for you, Peter. That invitation, come boldly. Peter, come on, come on, Peter. Don't let that failure hold you back from me. I've paid for it in my suffering. 
Oh, we need to have that look. We need to have that spirit. We need to have that word in season. Wow. You will feel joy from the Lord like you've never felt before when you have the privilege to help precious souls come back to God. If you say, Lord, I need to get myself sorted with you, put your hand on your heart. If you know things in your life have gone the wrong direction, and you know it, and God knows you know, but you just have struggled turning, put your hand on your heart. Everybody pray this simple prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of all my sins and I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me in your precious blood. Wash me white as snow. I'm yours, Jesus. Save me. And Father, I thank you for the grace that is here today and that you begin to work through each and every one of our lives in an amazing way to pray for one another, to exhort one another, and to help people turn to you because they feel your love in each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our message today. We hope you feel encouraged, blessed, and strengthened for the week ahead. If there's anything you need, anything we can do at all to help and support you, please don't hesitate to contact us by visiting our website at www.lifechurchuk.org.